Hi, welcome to the Read Play Talk podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Paris. And I'm the other host, Jack Love. This podcast is a resource for all things Read Play Talk. We hope that our listeners will be encouraged to read, play, and talk with their children every day. This episode is part one of a two-episode series with Dr. Audrey Robinson, who is a play therapist at Mesquite ISD's Family Support Center. In this episode, we're going to talk with Audrey about setting limits with our kids. Awesome. Welcome back, Audrey. Or Dr. Robinson. <laughs> Dr. Robinson, I know. Right? Like, so Audrey. official. Well, I've always felt like if you... If PhD you put, doctor. I yeah. feel like that is something you should well, emphasize too. Yeah, you put that much effort into something, you should oh, be able to... Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome back. We're glad to have you again. As a recap to our listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, as y'all introduced me, I'm Audrey Robinson. I'm the play therapist for Mesquite ISD which is the best job ever. So what I do is I specialize in a type of counseling called child-centered play therapy. So I work with littles, and the thought is behind that that they'll play out what's going on with them rather than sitting down and talking through what's going on with them like we would. Before that, I was a school counselor for seven years, classroom teacher for five years. Before that, I worked in pharmacy for a few years in college. And you have a sweet family. Yes, husband, five-year-old daughter, um, and so lots going on in our life, you know, all the things that come with that. One thing that's interesting about you guys, because we're friends, like, out of just professional sense, yeah. but you guys travel all the time, and you're always taking fun trips. And one thing that y'all did recently that I love is y'all went on a cruise over Christmas. We did, and it was, so it was super fun. We really love to travel, and our kid's a really good travel companion. Yeah, it always looks like y'all just make the most out, out of whatever you guys are doing. You, like, totally embrace this parenting thing. <laughs> yeah. It's just so fun. <laughs> I've heard people say that, like, one child is an accessory. When you get multiples, then it's, <laughs> and then you're really parenting. So we kind of treat her like that accessory. She goes everywhere with us, and we do right. all the things. Well, I've always been good with two because you can do man-to-man defense. Uh-huh. Like, zone defense is just way too difficult. Out of the question. Yeah. Out of the yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Well, in this episode and the next, we're going to be referencing some videos that you made back in May of 2020, which we were talking about seems like at least a decade ago. It does. (laughs) At least. But you really put together some incredible resources, some video references for parents, just on some parenting hacks. I know that, you know, a lot of us didn't really feel like we had parenting together in general. And then the pandemic was thrown at us and we really felt like we were just thrown into the deep end. Absolutely. And we were. were. (laughs) Okay, let's just figure it out. But you really just kind of came along parents with these resources, which I I think are great. So we're going to be referencing those videos and I'll put links in the show notes if people want to go back and watch those. Awesome. But on this episode in particular, we're talking about a video you did on limit setting. So let's first just start like why are boundaries and limit setting so important for a child's development? There are so many great things that can benefit kids from limit setting and having boundaries, like whatever you want to call it, whether you want to call it rules or limits or whatever. um, Being too permissive or harsh or inconsistent can set your kids up for lifelong problems, and these limits help them to feel safe, help them to feel secure, that's kind of predictable, adds some predictability to their life, teaches them self-control, responsibility for their own behavior by allowing them to experience the consequences of their own choices and their own decisions. Yeah, I, I love that because I think a lot of parents think, well, I want my kids to have this like fun personality. I want them to be independent. So mm-hmm. like make your own rules. But I feel like you kind of really flip that around in this video telling that one of the best things you can do for your kids' development is to set some healthy limits. Yeah, set those healthy limits and boundaries. It provides structure and like a safety net so your kids can kind of explore, make their own choices, 
grow that independence at the same time they have you there helping them out. And they know what consequences are like. So we're not totally rescuing our kids. Um, I know a lot of parents are like, oh, I just want my kids to be happy. And that's great. We do want happy kids. But we also want kids who are in control and responsible and can handle life when we're not around. Yeah. And there's different ways you can do it, right? And and so we've always put our kids in, in organized sports because we feel that's a way that they can learn boundaries, limits. They understand that sometimes they do things right. Sometimes they do things wrong. There's consequences for things when they do wrong. And quite honestly, sometimes you're going to have a coach that yells at you. Yeah. You know, th- so there's all those types of things that go into that. And I think, you know, this is such a great topic. For family, yeah, for family, I think so. so, too. And something so great to introduce early because, Jack, I mean, you were referencing sports, but like we have boundaries in our everyday lives. Yeah. Like Absolutely. boundaries are just a natural yeah. element of life in general and in, in your family, in your job, mm-hmm. driving on the right side of the road, <laughs> staying in your lane. Like mm-hmm. there are boundaries everywhere. And so if we can ingrain that in our kids early on, I mean, that really is only setting them up for success in their future. Absolutely. I'm a big fan, like you said, of organized sports and those kind of things. And it seems like every... Every few months or so, I get parents who are like, well, what about like martial arts? You know, is it going to is it going to help my kid to be violent? Are they going to go to that? No, actually, it's really great for self-control and boundary and limit setting. And so organized sports, things like martial arts, those are all wonderful things. So in your videos that, that Lindsay referenced earlier in your limit setting video, you mentioned this quote from Gary Landreth that says, when a child is drowning, don't teach him how to swim. What do you mean? So all these great parenting resources and techniques, yes, use them, learn them. But when your child is having a tantrum or a meltdown or something, this is not the time to implement something new. It's not the time to teach them a lesson and say like, well, what did you learn from that? If you hadn't done this, this, this would have happened. When they are have flipped their lid and their, their emotional brain is in control and they're not thinking logically or rationally, it's not the time to start something new or to try to teach a lesson. First, you've got to get your kid calm down into a place where they can hear it and accept it. Um, And on that kind of thinking of like helping your kid calm down, I know there's some talk out there about like, oh, we want our kids to self-regulate. We do. And sometimes we build that in them by co-regulating, by helping them to calm down because they're just doing this for the first time as kids. They're people for the first time. And so they need a lot of help. And sometimes that looks like you helping your kids to calm down too bringing it back to sports, I suppose, <laughs> right? Like a coach doesn't move on to the next play. Like if you do it wrong, mm-hmm. you practice it again, right? Like yep. this practice makes, a lot of people say perfect. I just say it makes it possible. Yeah. But you can't try to teach them something else if they don't have the first layer taken care of, Absolutely. Right? So. When a kid is struggling to swim in a pool, you're not going to be like, okay, so like this, yeah, you're going to take a deep breath, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kick your legs. No, you're going to jump in and you're going to save them. And then you're going to have that time where you say, okay, you know, clearly this is a struggle. Let's figure this out together. Yeah. yeah. You said something that I want to reemphasize because I think it's really important for all parents and something I needed to hear. But you said something like they've only been <laughs> humans for a, for a little time. Uh-huh. You know, like when we get so frustrated at our four-year-old or our three-year-old, you're like, mm-hmm. they have been on this earth for three years. Yes. You know, and I've been on this earth almost 35 years <laughs> and I still don't uh-huh. handle things no. probably as well as I should. But I think that's such a good reminder for parents is like your kid has only been here a little bit for like a minute. Right. And their brains have so much developing yet to do. And their brains are exploding so quickly that they just new things are going inside their brains and their body. And sometimes they don't know what to do with it sure, or how to express it. Yeah. That is one of my favorite things. My husband said it to me when I was losing my child and I were both losing our mind. And he was like, remember, 
she's only been a person yeah. <laughs> for a little bit of time. And I'm like, man, that's so true. <laughs> Thank you, but hang on a second. Yeah, but hold on. <laughs> I need to finish this thought. No, so I think we've set a good foundation. Like limits are important. We mm-hmm. should do it. So can you give us some guidelines that parents can use when setting limits? Sure. So limits kind of in general, they're not punitive. Limits are not a punishment. When we're setting limits, we really want to kind of remove all emotion out of our out of our voices. We don't want these things to feel to kids like this only happens when mom's frustrated. I'm only getting this because she's not happy. So we kind of want to take all that emotion, even though we could be having our own feelings, being incredibly angry, frustrated, or upset about what's going on. We don't want this to be a punishment. We really are trying to put the control back in the kid's court. We're going to state them firmly and calmly. Again, that goes back to not letting that emotion bleeding in. And sometimes you've got to do the things to help yourself so you can deliver these things calmly. And then it is up to the kid to accept it or break it. And we know Mm -hmm. sometimes they're going to break these limits. That's what kids do. And that is where the learning and the growing comes from, too. And then then it falls back on the parent to consistently enforce those limits. So many good things. And I know we're going to talk about consistency here in just a little bit. Man, consistency is key. Yes. No, I think that's good. I think that's really practical advice for a lot of our parents Mm -hmm. and for me in general. A little late for me. Sorry. No. no. (laughs) Never too late. That ship is safe. Claudia, do you mention just a minute ago, you know, criteria? What are some examples of criteria for when limits are needed? All right. So there's there's three good questions to ask yourself as a parent. You know, do I need to set a limit there? It's, is this necessary? Like, is this absolutely necessary? Do I need this? We don't want to just keep setting limits for every little thing all day long because that's going to wear us out and it's going to wear our kids out. The next thing is, can I consistently enforce this limit? If I'm about to lay down a law and say, when this happens, this is what happens, or you can choose this, then I need to make sure that I can make that happen every single time this incident or that behavior happens. If I can't, then I'm probably not going to look at it setting a limit that way. And then I need to ask myself, if I don't set this limit, can I allow this behavior to continue consistently? There's that word consistently over and over again. Consistency is the thing, right? And particularly the middle question that you said, you know, is this something I'm going to be able to enforce? Because if you don't, sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. Although kids have only been on the earth for like a short period of time, <laughs> they're also quite wily and they can figure their way through the system, right? I mean, Absolutely. so that's why the consistency is so super important. Absolutely. They are so smart and they have the best memories. You know, right. you promise your kids something and they will never forget. So if you say one time, you know, this is not going to happen and then you let it happen the next time, your kid's going to pick up on that. And the message is sometimes it's okay, sometimes it's not, and I don't really know when. Yeah, I think a lot of what you were saying too, you know, when you hear the term limit setting, you think of how this affects the child, but really it puts a lot of responsibility on the parents Mm -hmm. when they set limits. When you talk about like, is this something I can enforce and be consistent with? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's a lot of responsibility. That's a decision you have to make. Or even that if I don't set this limit, is this a behavior that I can live with? Yeah. You know, I mean, that that's an important realization to have as a parent like this this is going to affect me and my parenting style mm-hmm. too. Sure. It's going to, sometimes I put problems off for future Audrey and then, yeah. and then future Audrey gets real mad at past Audrey yes. oh, <laughs> for, I, for yes. kicking the can down the road. But like, if you've got some kind of 
behavior like hitting your sister and you're like, oh man, I'm tired. You know, parenting's hard. I'm just going to let it go this time. Well, can I consistently let this go? Is that okay for me to let this continue? And so that's one of those important questions. Yeah, sure. I think of, you know, my two girls and they are just night and day different. I mean, Lola (laughs) is type A, rule follower, Mm -hmm. I mean, just your typical firstborn child. And then Harper is just my wild card. You know, just never know what you're going to get. And I remember, I mean, this is several years ago, but Lola, anytime she, like, watches a show, I mean, she just sits on the couch and she watches it. And, I mean, it's just, like, very. And that's it, right? (laughs) Harper, we are bouncing on the couch. We're standing up, like, on one foot, leaning over. And for a while, I'm like, Harper, sit down. Harper, Uh sit down. But then I realized, like, is this really that big of a deal that this is something that I want to set a limit on? Right. And I I came to the realization, I'm like, this is not. Mm -mm. This is not something that, Mm -mm. you know, this is not a hill I want to die on. Absolutely. And I think that's something really important for parents to consider. You even mentioned it, like, we can't set limits for every single thing Mm -mm. that our kid does. Mm -mm. So deciding, like, what are the most important, you know, character traits I want to build in them, Mm -hmm. behaviors, and then focus on those instead of trying to make, like, this little perfect child out of our kid, which Mm -mm. is just never going to happen. No, no. And you said so many great things. Yeah. Is this the hill I'm going to die on? No, I don't want to die on every hill. Sometimes, yes, it is the hill I want to die on. Yeah. Um, But things that are okay and permissible, you know, we want to say yes as much as we can to our kids if it's all right. And then if we, if we keep saying yes, or we're not setting limits for the things that we need, then, you know, what happens then? Yeah. No, that's really good. Yeah, my Maddie is is very similar to very. to your Harper, and so I, you know, I have that same battle of like, well, I sit down and I I watch TV, and I that's all I do. Well, she's gonna color and she's gonna build things with her Legos, and she's gonna go get fifteen snacks and you know be dancing around the room, and then I'm like, oh man, she's not even watching this, and then she comes up with some of the information, and I'm like, wow, she you can yeah. she can do all these things and watch her TV show. So mine are opposite of yours. My firstborn is like wheels off and my second one is, is straight on. But I remember succinctly Josh getting on the couch and turning upside down. He was watching the TV show upside down with his legs up in the air. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I just moved on. It's Absolutely. Like, that was not yeah. a hill that I was yeah. worth dying yeah. for for right. whatever reason Moving that on. day. So. Right. Absolutely. At your house, okay, you might, like at a movie theater, you know, you might set a different right. limit. And so helping kids understand there's different limits for different places. It's healthy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just... Mm-hmm. Again, something that they're going to have to deal with for their entire life, just mm-hmm. limits and behaviors. So now that you've explained why limits are important, when to set limits, can you give us some practical information for how to set limits? I know you have an acronym that's yes. extremely helpful. Yes. It's the ACT, A-C-T, and I didn't come up with this. This is Dr. Gary Landreth, who's a guru of play therapy and has got lots of tons of great work out there. And that's where a majority of this information and those videos I made has come from is the training that I've had over the years in play therapy and me thinking like, man, every parent needs to know this. I need to know this. I love this stuff as a refresher because I use it with my kid, but then just like everybody else, you know, I get to that point where I'm like, don't stop, put that down. And then I'm like, okay, I got to go back. I got to go back because things go smoother. There's a lot of work on the front end, making this act part of your vocabulary and part of your process. But once you get into it, man, things go so much easier. So ACT is an acronym. So the first step in setting a limit is acknowledging the feeling. 
you want to look at your kid and figure out what's going on. Because most kids don't wake up in the morning and go, how most can I upset mom and dad? How can I make my teacher's life, you know, miserable? Kids get up in the morning and they want to meet their own needs. They want to have fun. They, you know, and so looking at them and saying, okay, what's the feeling? Are they happy? Are they overexcited? Are they sad? What is up? Then the second is communicate the limit. After you've acknowledged what their feeling is, then you're going to communicate whatever the limit is. This is not for that. And I'll give several examples here in a minute. And then the last step is target alternatives. You're going to tell them, okay, well, I just told you this isn't for doing that. Now here's what you can do. Here's something else you can go do to kind of help channel that behavior, channel that energy into something else. So I'll I'll give an example, like um, with my kid, Um, she really, really loves to like jump off of furniture, which a lot of times is okay, but then there's certain pieces of furniture where this can be kind of dangerous. So, um, you know, and you always start off with the limit with the name. So I'm gonna be like, Maddie, I know you really want to jump off that chair. It's really fun. There's that feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, acknowledging the feeling. This is super fun. You're excited. And then I'm going to communicate the limit. But that chair is not for jumping on. And I'm not saying don't jump on it. No, you can't. I'm taking those words, don't, no, stop. I'm taking all of those out of my vocabulary. And this is simply about the chair. It's not about me. It's not about my kid. The chair is not for jumping on. And for me, that is where the magic happens with this limit setting. I'm not saying don't touch the table. The table is not for touching. It's not about me. That's the way the table is made. It's just the rule. There's less options for arguing and emotion when it comes to that. So Maddie, I know you really want to jump off that chair. That's really fun. And the chair is not for jumping off. You can jump on the trampoline. You can go jump off onto pillows. You can, you know, and kind of giving a couple of alternatives. Two or three is plenty. We don't want to overwhelm our kids. And we also want our kids to kind of come up with some things on their own. Yeah. I know this is something that like you've probably implemented <laughs> since Maddie was little, but I'm just envisioning like like the first time that I did that to Harper because after you and I uh, connected, we started mm-hmm. introducing some of this language in our home. And when I would say something like the chair is not for jumping on, Harper would like turn her head at me like, who is this lady? Yeah. Who wouldn't be like, no, stop yeah. doing that uh-huh. because it's a complete shift it in is. everything I'd ever done before that. Yeah, it's a total shift. Um, and sometimes when there's something dangerous, like if a kid was climbing up on a ladder and going to jump off of that, I might skip the feeling first. I'm not going to, you know, let them be about to do something dangerous, touch a stove and be like, that looks like fun to you. (laughs) I'm going to communicate the limit first and say like, Hey, that's not for touching. It really looked like something you wanted to try and, you know, and then go on with the process. So yeah, that's important too, that you can adjust the steps Mm -hmm. based on how, Mm -hmm. you know, extreme the action is. Yeah. We ACT, but sometimes it's CAT. Right. Yes. <laughs> sometimes you go with An the limit measure. first. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. So this is going to be a challenge for some parents, right? I mean, they're just going to be like, uh, it's just so different. It's just so different, right? It is. It is so different. And so especially for the things that they've been doing, and it's always hard, you know, but to change, but sometimes things become a habit if, if you do it the right way. But do you have any encouragement or advice for parents that are maybe implementing limit setting for the first time or or who are wanting maybe to, to, to do it consistently? Yeah, absolutely. Back to that word. Absolutely. Yeah, it gets easier the more you do it. The more you practice it, 
the more it'll come naturally. And it doesn't come naturally at first, because if we think about like, you know, that's our go to. Don't touch that. Stop. You know. Mm -hmm. And so we want to get rid of those words and just keep practicing it. And it's important to remember that uh, there's this other quote from Gary Landreth that I like also. And it's a little confusing. So I'm going to say it slow. What's most important may not be what you do, but what you do after what you did. So you're not responding to your kids in the way you would have hoped for. That is not the worst thing that could happen. It's what you do after that to come back and say, hey, you know, I said stop that, but let me, I'm going to try this. Let me reword this. Let me say this again. That's not how I wanted to come across Mm -hmm. to you. And coming back to your kids. So kids don't need perfect parents. They need parents how to show them how to navigate things when things don't go well. So keep practicing this and it gets easier and, you know, don't beat yourself up. Yeah. If you get knocked down, get right back up. That goes back to your quote there. I mean, that's essentially what he's saying, right? Is, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not what you do when you get knocked down is what, yeah, get back up and try again. Absolutely. Are we never going to yell at our kids? Are we never going to say stop? Don't know. But that's just impossible. Yeah. And I want to add on to something you said when you said kids don't need perfect parents. I think you can switch that around, too, yeah. and say parents don't need perfect kids. Like, nope. we're not aiming Mm-mm. for perfection Mm-mm. in parenting because that's just, it's unattainable. Like, yeah. we'll never conform our kid into the perfect kid. No, and that sets so much high standards and pressure for kids to kind of put on themselves, too. And so we don't need perfect parents. We need present and consistent parents. Yeah. Well, I hope that parents, after this episode, feel encouraged and feel empowered and maybe have their eyes open to a different way of parenting if they find that what they're doing right now is just not working Mm -hmm. that hopefully this approach will be something that they're willing to give a try definitely plus there's more to come right so yeah so be sure to listen to part two of this episode which we'll get to focus on giving kids choices and that episode will come out in a few weeks yeah sounds good thank you for having me Thanks for listening to today's episode with our guest, Dr. Audrey Robinson. If you haven't done so already, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. We would love it if you would share this episode with friends and other families in your community that could benefit from this information. We encourage you to follow us on all of our social media platforms for ideas on how to read, play, and talk together at home. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ReadPlayTalk and on Twitter at ReadPlayTalkTX.